I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Greetings and welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 39 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the constitutional role of the federal government. Welcome to another episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. Again, I really appreciate you listening. I'm back here in Kentucky, back at home, and kind of on a regular schedule again. So today we're going to talk about uh, the federal government a little bit and really what it was intended to be as opposed to the federal government we get today. Now, when I was a kid, it wasn't uncommon for one of my friends to say, geez, don't make a federal case out of it, when somebody went over the top and got all worked up about some relatively trivial kind of thing. Well, that doesn't even work anymore, because in America, we've now made a federal case out of pretty much everything. I mean, we've federalized marriage, we've federalized education, we've federalized healthcare. Heck, we've even federalized sex. Kinky sex at that. I'm not kidding. A couple of weeks ago, I was perusing Facebook, and I came across a Reason.com article about a federal case. Yes, I said a federal case involving BDSM. Bondage, in other words. Here was the opening paragraph of this article. Uh Uh-oh, kinksters. Sex cops could be coming for you next. According to a new federal court decision, Americans have no constitutional right to engage in consensual BDSM because, quote, sexual activity that involves binding and gagging for the use of physical force such as spanking or choking poses certain inherent risks for personal safety, unquote. Thus, officials could constitutionally ban or regulate such activity in the interest of, quote, the protection of vulnerable persons, unquote, the court held. Yeah. So here we have the federal court sticking its nose in somebody's bedroom, literally. Now, keeping in mind that Reason Magazine is a libertarian publication, it's pretty clear that this article is supposed to elicit outrage. How dare the court not uphold our federally protected right to be a freak? But here's the thing. From a constitutional perspective, at least in a sense, the court is absolutely right. There is no constitutional right to have consensual BDSM sex. First off, the Constitution doesn't give us rights. Not even real rights like free speech or the right to keep and bear arms. The Bill of Rights prohibits the federal government from infringing on rights we already have, but it doesn't give us rights. 
I explained this in detail back in episode 37 when I talked about the right to free speech. So certainly there can't be a constitutional right to bondage. But the constitutional problem here goes a lot deeper than that. A federal court should have never been involved in this case in the first place. The federal government doesn't have any authority to make laws about sex one way or the other. Not to protect people's right to be weirdos, not to stop people from being weirdos, not to define what a weirdo is, or even limit weirdness. Sex isn't a federal issue. Period. So this case in question, it actually involved a state law. And it should have stayed at the state level. If there was going to be a court case about bondage, it should have been in state court. The feds should have never been brought into it. But we federalized everything, like I said. Now everybody runs to the federal government for every little problem. Judges rule us. I can't for the life of me figure out why people think this is a good idea. Now, some people listening might be thinking, well, Mike, we have the 14th Amendment now. That gives the federal courts authority to regulate state laws to make sure they offer equal protection and stuff. Yes, I'm aware of the incorporation doctrine and the complete bastardization of the intent of the 14th Amendment that the incorporation brought us. I actually plan on tackling that in an upcoming episode of the podcast one day when I feel like making everybody that's listening to it mad. But for today, let's just stick to the original Constitution, because most people seem to have absolutely no clue what the proper role of the federal government actually is supposed to be. During a recent CNN town hall event, Anderson Cooper asked Donald Trump, what are the three most important priorities of the federal government? Trump answers, one, security, two, health care, three, education. Okay. I'll buy security, but those two other things aren't even constitutional roles of the federal government. So how in the hell can they be priorities? Here we have a man who will likely be the Republican nominee for president of the United States, and he doesn't have the slightest clue what the federal government is constitutionally supposed to do. Not a clue. And millions of people who call themselves constitutional conservatives will cast votes for Donald Trump. Because they don't have a clue either. So if it's not regulating our sex lives, coercing us into buying insurance, or telling us how much water we can have in our toilets, what exactly is the federal government supposed to do? Well, if you've read the Federalist Papers or looked into the ratification debates, you will often see the federal government referred to as the general government. Now, this terminology tells us a great deal about how the founding generation understood the role of the federal government and its relationship to the states and the people. Samuel Johnson's 1755 Dictionary of the English Language defines the word general as relating to a whole class or body of men, or a whole kind of any being, or public comprising the whole. So being general in nature, the federal government created by the Constitution was limited to objects that involved the whole body of the Union. This was understood to encompass basically two arenas, foreign relations and trade. That left most power in the hands of state governments. A general government would have no authority to interfere with state policies, police powers, or the rights and liberties of the people. During the New York Ratification Convention, John Jay explained the boundary between the state governments and the federal government this way. What are the objects of state legislatures? 
Innumerable things of small moment occupy their attention, matters of a private nature, which require much minute and local information. The objects of the general government are not of this nature. They comprehend the interests of the states in relation to each other and in relation to foreign nations. Now, James Madison provided the best description of the role of the federal government in relation to that of the state governments in Federalist 45. He made it absolutely clear that the general government was intended to exercise a very limited role and that the states would retain control over most objects. Listen carefully to what Madison wrote. The powers delegated by the proposed Constitution to the federal government are few and defined. Those which are to remain in the state governments are numerous and indefinite. The former, those belonging to the federal government, will be exercised principally on external objects as war, peace, negotiation, and foreign commerce, with which the last, the power of taxation, will for the most part be connected. The powers reserved to the several states will extend to all objects which in the ordinary course of affairs concern the lives, liberties, and properties of the people, and the internal order, improvement, and prosperity of the state. So the lives, liberties, and properties of the people and the internal order, improvement, and prosperity of the state encompass virtually everything you can imagine. Healthcare, marriage, workplace safety, environmental controls, education, civil liberties, crime, consumer protection, sex, and almost every other policy you can think of that actually impacts your day-to-day life should fall under state control, not federal. Under the system established by the Constitution, you should barely even realize the federal government exists. Sadly, we've strayed a long way from the Founders' vision. We've traded a decentralized system primarily concerned with maintaining liberty to a monopoly government that controls virtually everything we do, even how we have sex. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor, spread the word. Hey, make sure you head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast for free if you haven't done that already. You're welcome to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.meharry at 10th Amendment Center.com. And make sure you visit my website, www.michaelmeharry.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.